welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts on all things health and wellness to help you all optimize your life, your mind, your body, your movement, all the things. I'm going to start things off today with a quote that probably a good percentage of you all have heard, but it's good to come back to. This is Carl Jung. It is not that something different is seen, but that one sees differently. Thought that would be relevant for this time of life. It's not that something different is seen, but that one sees differently. There are so many different ways to perceive this experience, especially during pandemic times. Um, so I challenge y'all to examine where are the opportunities for you during this interesting time frame of shutdown and such, depending upon where you're living on earth. Uh, today's guest was my friend, Mr. Nicholas Romanoff, uh, Dr. Nicholas Romanoff, I should say, sorry. And uh, Dr. Romanoff is the founder of the Pose Method. Uh, he is a world-renowned sports scientist. He is absolutely one of the world's most renowned now, I don't know if you'd call him a running coach, um, but he teaches people how the heck to run in such a way that their knees don't end up getting injured and ankles don't end up getting jacked up and hips don't end up all the things. He is a really valuable human being. One of his groundbreaking scientific studies I'm seeing here demonstrate how to reduce by virtually 50% the impact on the knees in running. Uh, so really fantastic human being, super sweet, kind soul. Uh, we get into a lot about his life, his history. He's from uh, Russia and he has lived lived a lot of life and we get into not just the biomechanics of movement and mind-body connection stuff, but also just him as a man because he's an interesting human being. So really great conversation and you guys are going to enjoy it. And I uh, want to thank you guys for starting the first week of the Align Method Online program. If you are interested in learning some breathwork practices to help either upregulate your nervous system, make you feel more stimulated and, and full of energy, or downregulate, uh, make you calm down, and also get into specifically how to get that head of yours back on top of your shoulders, forward head posture, and all that stuff, your chin jutting forward, it's not a good look, and we teach y'all how to sort that out. So you can go to alignpodcast.com, A-L-I-G-N podcast.com slash align method. You can also go to the Instagram, Align Podcast, and then the link is in the bio for that, or it's, or it's at alignpodcast.com. You'll find it. It's on the internet. Um, thank you guys so much for reviews on the podcast, telling your friends, uh, checking out the book, The Align Method. Thanks for reviews on Amazon for that. It's very appreciated. Appreciated? I appreciate it. Whatever. Here we go. Back to the podcast with one of the absolute legends of the running world and the sports science world, Dr. Nicholas Romanoff. What's the term that you mentioned a second ago? The movement generalism? No, what was no, the... No, no, it's called general movement theory. Yeah, what is this? Oh, it's a very complex thing. It's about um, the origin of movement, where it's coming from, and what is defining movement, what is structure of movement in general, like any movement has the same structure, <laughs> what people don't realize. In spite of diversity of movement, what we are dealing with, uh, as a matter of fact, it's the same movement. It's the same structure. Because uh, for movement uh, by itself, uh, it doesn't matter as uh, how you move because it's defined not by you but by environment environmental 
uh, rules, which um, not many of these rules, but two major things. Uh, it's a gravity which we do not perceive, but gravity comes to us in our senses as a body weight and free falling. And this is what defined any movement. The structure of movement never goes beyond of that kind of pendulum of fall <laughs> back to the body weight and fall again. Hmm. So how do people implement that into their lives in a meaningful way? Those uh, it, the thing is that people don't uh, uh, realize that they live in this structural world and that this structure is incredibly uh, simple. They are opposite. They are making uh, too complicated movement or perception of movement. Hmm. They are bringing lots of nonsense uh, into the movement and define this, something like efforts, something like uh, muscular work, like muscular coordination, where in the um, science sense uh, we have no control completely, you know, but we have illusion that we do have control. Mm. And that is what creates lots of um, uh, dissonance of movement. Why people are not moving good? It's not because they are not capable to move, because they create illusions. They create a reality which controversy to the real reality. The reality of this world is uh, gravity, which defined us from conscience, mental work, to the cellular level. This is how gravity influences us, which most people have no realization. They thinking that they are ruling this world in movement, which is bullshit. Not, not at all. <laughs> they are living by the rules of gravity, and accidentally they perform as it is should be done by the structural already blueprint of the world of movement. Hmm. Who are not performing like that? They injure it. This is what cause of injuries. So is this kind of like childhood developmental patterns? Like mm -hmm. a, a child as they're growing up, they are essentially being formed by their environment and naturally by the weight of gravity. So they have this stack and then they, they cross over and then they come into the spinal extension and then they come into a squat and then they're standing and they have this perfect balance in relation to gravity and their body's almost in this beautiful equipoise. Right. That's pre- these learned patterns where we right. start going in, okay, this need this angle and then external yes, rotation uh, and 33 degrees right. and it's almost like and a... then BS started, you know, this is what unfortunate thing and disaster what we are dealing with. Hmm. Because nature is governing us in the right direction perfectly if we will continue this line, but we do not. Because uh, until five years old, child operate with that subconscious level of... Uh, interaction with gravity yeah it means with the body weight after that teaching starts yeah which is complete nonsense because uh, papa mama uh, uncle uh, coach start teaching people or kid how to use muscles it's a incredible uh, disruption uh, with our relationship with nature. It's kind of like trying to be yourself. Yeah, that 
right. trying to be yourself, you're innately disconnected from right anything that's true. The, right, because <laughs> <laughs> just come on, just be me. You can do it. <laughs> you, you see, muscles are governed by the body weight, by gravity, not by our conscience. But we so uh, wrongly thinking that we are governing force. We are who ruling these things, and this is what um, controversy starts. So, brain is uh, operating on the childhood with the influence of gravity and listening this all the time, you know, body weight. Mm. But then we're putting poison in the brain with the thoughts of how we are operating with muscles. Yeah. Muscles do not listen actually our brain. Muscles listen only body weight. Uh, our illusion that we can tense our muscles um, artificially like that, create illusions that I could do in movement. No, you cannot. Right. In movement, you're operating with only body weight. That's it. Yeah, you can't jump the steps and just go to creating the superficial image. The super, but the, what, what's interesting is the superficial image does manifest itself if you just do actually kind of almost like surrender yourself to something that's more natural. Yes, uh, you have to be a very a good observer and uh, you have to be a very good performer of somebody's rules. Of some, Like a good actor is who listening what producer is telling him to do. You, you see, that is what <laughs> how it related to. Yeah. It's not about you being smart there and performing your art form. No. There are dumb actors like uh, Marcello Mastroianni, for example, you know, completely uneducated guy and so on, who played scientists of high level. When he was asked how he does this great work, he told, I'm listening what producer is telling me. Hmm. You see, this is major thing. He is just mimicking what, because producer is a nature. Producer should be smart. Actor doesn't need to be smart. He needs to be <laughs> very good in performing what told to perform. <laughs> and so if the actor's too smart, then he's going to become mechanical. It's correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how does a smart actor or a smart mover come back into relation with the producer or nature? He should be become dumb. Hmm. Completely cut off conscience or his thoughts of how it's supposed to be because he couldn't see it. He couldn't perceive in full picture what he is performing. He need to do part of what he asked to do by the director of producer. Mm. Because the, the main idea exists only in producer's head. Yeah. This is what comes um, Spielberg. <laughs> you yeah. know? He keeps in his head whole picture. He's like a conductor in orchestra. Each one, violin player, piano player, trumpet player, they are playing on rule. They are not playing orchestra. Yeah. Orchestra played by the <laughs> governor who is a conductor. How do we get dumber? Oh, you have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called like that. You have to cut your conscience. You should not think what you do. You know. You see, this is what the interesting part. <laughs> You have to operate with perception only. And this perception, in this case, should be comes from conductor. In, in our case in movement, our conductor is gravity. Mm -hmm. 
body weight. What are actionable steps to start to come into relationship with gravity? Uh, you have to learn of um, perception of the body weight because gravity doesn't have anything in our perception except only through mm. two parameters. Gravity comes to us only in two elements, parameters, factors, body weight and the free falling. This is what gravity does. Yeah. So what's the psychological element in, th in that? Because it seems like in order for the body to become dumb enough to let go of like overcomplicating things and being mechanical, there needs to be an initial seed of an idea planted to, to be able to grow into releasing all of that old, yeah. that old information that you've had. Or is it just a, is like, is meditation the answer? Is no, it's not. Medita meditation inside movement already happened, you know. Yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> but you have to first be acquainted on uh, conscious or subconscious level, it doesn't matter, with the perception of the body weight mm. and free falling. Mm. What does it mean, you know? When you perceive these things, then movement becomes just a simple um, cycles of uh, or pendulum of changing from body weight to fall body weight to fall because body weight is a potential energy falling is a kinetic energy we're coming to the physics now yeah. we don't need to explain to our students this you know <laughs> or our child but uh, how you move very simple you have first stationary position of you in the resting condition where you're standing on place it's called body weight when you want to move you have to now let it go your body weight to another place you start falling it's a free thing it's not operated with muscles falling is a not muscular involvement at all except only you holding your body in this position yeah. so you have to learn these things and nothing else hmm. and then movement is a sequence of, of this um, fall and fall and body weight fall and body weight it's a repeatable uh, cycle of um, uh, exchange of energies from potential to kinetic and back you know and th that what you have to learn and very specific movement has own structure of this uh, uh, repeating things like running, for example, you're standing in one position, it's called balance, it's a pose, well, we're coming to the pose now, pose it's a body weight, <laughs> it's a similar. Yeah. Um, only uh, when you have body weight, you have a pose, and in order to have body weight, you have to have this pose. Right. Pose has intention, very simple intention, how to use body weight, you see, simple. You want to punch someone? You have to bring your body weight <laughs> in very specific body position, pose. Yeah. You want to run, the same thing. You want to swim, there are own <laughs> body weight position, pose. I call it swimming pose, running pose, boxing pose, whatever. So what is the pose? Pose. Yeah. Pose is <laughs> <laughs> a, it's a gate. Yeah. It's a channel through which you are channeling energy of gravity into the movement in simple way. <laughs> so with running or walking, is it controlled falling? It's uh, uh, Falling is not controlling. This is, yeah. this is what a pose controlling. Yes, pose is controlled. 
but not falling. Falling is not controllable. <laughs> so it's pose, fall, pose, fall. Uh, yes, all right. In between <laughs> them exists pull because in order to get into the next pose, you have to pull your support foot yeah. into the next body position, what we'll call pose, next the running pose. Yeah, I found, so after uh, studying pose method, I actually had tried running on ice was that like the initial way that you started <laughs> oh it's, like a, it's a good challenge because yeah. ice doesn't allow you to do any bs you're right <laughs> <laughs> no so if you have more uh, an excess amount of time squashing into the ground ice doesn't really permit no, that because no. then you slip you cannot so push there you cannot do overstriding there yeah. i say all this because slippery condition of the <laughs> support cut off any BS what people do usually in running and is it a, is running on ice a fair comparison to running on land yes but um, very restricted area of interaction with support yeah because of uh, slippery uh, condition of our support so there. what do you see with with people after they start to a person that would learn to run effectively on ice and not have that squashing of the foot like right. like heel striking for example wouldn't, no, you wouldn't, wouldn't fare well on ice no you cannot do this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you see with a person upon learning pose method or learning to, to not that it has to be running on ice but nonetheless just like that is like a meaningful yeah. visual for people uh, uh, people who change who knows pose they could run on an ice yeah and uh, people who try run without pose they understood that many things what they did as a running doesn't work there completely. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of cleaning your mess in your mind <laughs> immediately. Right. Uh, <laughs> Exists a kind of cleaning machine, you know, some thought process mess or something like that. Ice does it um, instantly. <laughs> you yeah. know, you like okay, push off. You cannot do this. Uh, uh, land ahead of the body, like s extend your stride, something like it's right. impossible. Okay. You see, all these things become impossible. Yeah. Do like uh, it's called drive. It's impossible. All these things uh, goes out. Putting on my blue blocking glasses. Uh, I'm really? we're right now. We're in. Uh, where are we? In YouTube studios. Yes, in we are. Somewhere <laughs> in Los Angeles, Culver City. And I'm as I'm looking. I'm looking up at Dr. Romanoff. I'm looking right into this light above me, which isn't isn't optimal. And then, um, sorry for okay. that. I couldn't no, it's not, no, it's <laughs> get a, it's a, it's more okay. comfortable. It's a good studio for. We're in like a, a place where you record books and stuff. We're in like a little cubicle. We're very close. It's it's very. T this is a good. This is a good rapport building moment. You're gonna <laughs> right. connect intimately here in this room. Um, heel striking. It's a nonsense. <laughs> 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 so is that Nike selling us that heel yes, striking is the course. way so they can sell us shoes? This is Bill Bowman's invention, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what did uh, that do? Uh, nothing. Uh, good. Yeah. It's a break, uh, physically speaking, you know. Oh, I mean, from physics point of view, it's a break. What does that mean? It means you're stopping movement. It oh. means you eventually put yourself in a bad position uh, towards your body because you start using your body weight as a hammering <laughs> machine on your body, right? Which ended up in a painful condition for your legs, uh, for your back, and so on. Yeah, it's artificial using your body weight, like your own body weight. You're using against yourself. 
this is what helps Nike. Was the creation of that originally? Is that fully? Is Nike entirely responsible for that? Uh, yes, uh, I think uh, Bill Bowman was who was blessing ignorance uh, in this direction. You know, in in 1962 he traveled to New Zealand and picked up this virus called jogging. He brought into U.S. It's we have to uh, give him credit for this. You know, it's his um, thing. He wrote a very famous book. It's called Jogging. In 1967, it came out, and it's created uh, initial origination of the running boom in the United States. But because he was uh, attached later on in 70s, he was connected with um, Phil Knight with Nike as a co-founder, and his main thing was uh, uh, entrepreneur's <laughs> role. He needed to sell these things. Uh, initially, it looks like very good idea to create wedge shoes with the heels on the, uh, to create. Uh, uh, that's a long stride, yeah. which is a dumb thing, obviously, from physics point of view. But he wanted to increase speed by increasing stride lengths. But the, uh, so now the foot can go out in front of you as opposed to underneath you. It's correct, right? And th to avoid negative consequence of this, he thought, if we will cushioning this, we will uh, kind of. Uh, cushioning everything, but uh, in physics it doesn't work. You can cushioning your heel, but impact doesn't disappear because of that. It will hit in other places. After right. that, number of injuries in right. knees increase radically up. You know, hmm. from like ten percent maybe, it become most frequent injury in the running community, up to forty-five percent, which was disaster. Hmm. What do we do if we are a habituated heel striker? How do we safely convert back to a more natural method of running? Natural, uh, we, we have to go to the, the origin of word and meaning of natural. This is what people are using without any idea what does it mean to be natural. Yeah. Um, I will provoke this <laughs> question to you. <laughs> what does it mean to be natural? <laughs> mm. What does it mean to be natural? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could argue that every we're in one of the most conceivably artificial environments that a okay, person. Okay, you have to define like what does it mean, artificial and non-artificial. You see, this it goes on and goes on like this. We're going into the depths of the forest and yeah. couldn't see. We have to go to the origin yeah. of the word. Yeah, it's a Latin word, but it's a translation from the Greek, and the meaning of this very simple physics. But physics, in understanding uh, from Greek, meaning the, the most general and common uh, laws of nature. You see, this is what natural means. Mm. And the, the, that common law which we are living, which is a foundation of our life, and what is molded us, uh, it's not my words, it's uh, James Gibson's <laughs> words, it's a gravity. And gravity has two components, again, come back, you know. And the uh, most Im important component for movement in this case uh, is the falling. So natural movement in running is uh, falling. If you are falling, it's natural. If you are not falling, you are not natural. So if you put foot in front of you and break yourself, you are breaking falling. So it's not natural.
this is how interpretation from Poe's method coming. So would natural in the bias, so like, are you familiar with Ida Rolf, Rolfing, structural integration, any of that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very complicated system which um, cover up lots of unknown things in a very nice kind of sentences like without much meaning in this case you know i study all these uh, <laughs> things oh, so what do you think of rolfing do you think it's bullshit no in many cases it's a nice talking you know this mm. is what all Good so intention? the concept of structural integration in the sense like it's like a, a, a quote it's a from, word. from you from see it? well so the a quote from Einish that says once you can get the body working in alignment with gravity then it begins to heal itself and so it seems like what you're describing I think perhaps could be that once we can right. find alignment within this field of gravity then that that perhaps comes into this definition of, right. of natural but you see we have to put gravity first but gravity is again has no face in no appearance in our sensory system. We perceive gravity only through the body weight. Body weight uh, in physics definition is a pressure what your material body produce on the point of support. You see? Yeah. Okay, that's it. <laughs> so you have to be very much familiar in your sensory system and better, of course, in a conscious mind. What does it mean body weight? Because that definition which exists in the, uh, classical physics unknown for most people <laughs> yeah including scientists they confuse mass with the body weight which is disaster yeah where's the emotional component come into this how does how does a person that's in misalignment with gravity how does that affect the way that they think and the way that they feel oh we have to go to definition now what these emotions are <laughs> Do you want to define it or should yeah, I? Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to hear what you're defining the most, but then I will come up with something else, maybe. Well, there's, I mean, I don't, I have to think about it more deeply, but they say emotion is like, is like energy in motion is something that I hear a lot. What would you say? I mean, that's that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out bullshit definition. Uh, uh, I'd rather hear yours. <laughs> it's, it's, again, <laughs> nice words, like uh, something. What is a good man? Oh, good man is a good man, you know. The yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, emotion. That's an interesting the question. Emotion is, is like, uh, I guess, perhaps internal sensation, like a, like a person's filter or depiction <laughs> of, of experience okay. would come out as like a flavor of what we would call emotion. That's a nice... Um, uh, almost like uh, sexy <laughs> <laughs> definition, but meaningless. <laughs> oh, well, everything's meaningless. <laughs> what is it meaningless? We, we have to go to the roots of these things, all you right, know, right. and uh, more profound understanding of emotions. We have to understand uh, from point of view definition. Define it means understand what the phenomena means, and uh, emotions in. Um, a uh, very deep and profound way defined as a very simple thing. All right, I'll give you pause and uh, I will ask you what do you think from uh, physics point of view emotions are? <laughs> that's that's the question. What is yes, physics? yes, right? Hmm. I, I'm just uh, checking your intellect. No, <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to respond to this. Please do. Um, emotions from a physics perspective. Right. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Aaron, <laughs> I do appreciate this because uh, I'm meeting so many people who rather go to the bullshit, you know, yeah. <laughs> except 
<laughs> instead just uh, sincerely saying god i don't know you know yeah. is that's it you know yeah, all right, right now we can talk yeah, <laughs> otherwise i'm I glad have, we finally arrived the, uh, otherwise i have to listen to this nonsense and see like uh, making face like oh, uh -huh, my yeah. goodness what he's uh, talking about <laughs> i'm growing used to that with people yeah. so it's all right uh, right and uh, you developing almost, a callus you almost for people like rolling their eyes throw up in like uh, <laughs> on the verge <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh, i shouldn't yeah. continue this uh, because uh, next thing I, i'm going to insult him yeah. this is my answer yeah. with no intention no because have at it okay let the insults fly <laughs> i'm ready okay it's not about insulting it's a truth yeah truth cannot be insulting <laughs> you know but people Truth hurts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, from uh, from um, academic um, uh, Russian academic um, Simonov, uh, emotion defined as a uh, degree of uh, certainty or uncertainty. <laughs> hmm. I can see that. That's it. It's a physics. So uncertainty. Yes. Feels which way and certainly feels anyway, which other way. You see, when you are, uh, it's a degree of probability. You, you see, it's called probability um, uh, theory of emotions. <laughs> mm. hmm. Say more about this. What is this? What is that? It means that um, uh, your reaction on any kind of process, what's happening to you, with expectation or not expectation, it depends on how much uh, probability or how big probability of that event uh, uh, for you happening. Mm. You see, how much probability of like from zero to one or from zero to hundred percent? It's a probability theory. Yeah. Basically, your emotions are very high level when uh, probability expectation would be for example 90 percent but it comes uh, 10. yeah you're upset yeah do you understand oh you are expecting 10 it comes 90. you're overwhelmed yeah and that's when people when people have um what was it it was like when when people have statistically when they know what's about to happen even yeah. if it's a terrible thing yes like there was i was reading about a thing it was like the battle of blitzkrieg where there's like right. bombs dropping every right. is like every day around noon there would be some building would get blown up it was like well we know it's around noon so it's not so bad so cortisol levels and all that stuff weren't okay. such a big deal good you see so expectation and reality yeah or you know what's happening there because that is a very known probability then it will affect you not much you know hmm. you see that is the emotions it's your reaction on the uh, level of probability or degree of probability hmm. how does this relate to running better it's the same thing you know <laughs> <laughs> well okay, how you, do we come you, into you, union you, with our with you, our with you, our level of probability okay, for I'm, emotions and movement. I'm giving you an example. <laughs> you 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 coming you coming to the marathon yeah. and your expectation that oh my god I'm in shit condition and I wouldn't probably f finish this uh, today. Oh my god, oh my god, you see? Yeah. Panic that uh, everything is and suddenly he it means that the guy has no idea about his own body. 
yeah. very low perception. And then he running and suddenly after half marathon, he feels like, oh God, I'm still alive. And uh, it feels like I finished marathon. It's like, oh, yeah. boom, finished. Yeah overwhelmed what do you think of all of the the different research around how postural patterns affect the way that person thinks and feels and even accesses memories and it's upside down uh, approach this is what all say more <laughs> our pose reflecting what happening you know it's not opposite it, you see our pose mm -hmm is reflecting already what's happening, you know? It's not uh, opposite. Don't you think there could be, uh, I think of it as, which doesn't need to be accurate, but almost like two ends of the same rope. So like you could go top down and it could be more of like the thoughts and feelings and experiences and probabilities affect the physical posture, or you could go bottom up and say the, the physical posture also affects the mind. It's like chicken and the egg. I think it's typically kind of just both. Of course, but you have to recognize, first of all, you have to be materialist here, you know, not idealist. Mm. Don't be afraid uh, that uh, people will put you in a communist um, camp, you know. <laughs> right, right. But material world is what is defining our uh, presence in this life. Yeah. You see, and uh, emotions are material. You see, this is what point. <laughs> the um, amount of probability or magnitude of probability, it's a uh, material thing. Uh, which affect your cellular level yeah. and then you like like you coming to the marathon again not aware that you really good but you thinking that you're not good you didn't have enough training you eat today not good today and your girlfriend didn't have sex with you and so on descended like you know, like that your yeah. posture it this posture reflect not your readiness for marathon your posture reflect uncertainty <laughs> yeah you see? Yeah. And this, this um, dissonance between reality and what you perceive as a reality. You're more concerned not about marathon, but that your girlfriend didn't smile for you in the morning. Right. And that posture, what you call... <laughs> Which that comes back to a lack of acceptance or a lack of worthiness of love or a well, lack of, of, of right. your mother or girlfriend it's or correct. life accepting you. Right. But it's not reality. Do you understand? It's a, it's a, your perception of the reality. Mm. Because your mom is right. uh, uh, in dissonance with you, but she's still your mom. She loves you, you see? But you perceive, oh, she hates me. Like, why? It's mom. You're just uh, perverting these things, you know? That you don't trust that your mom really mom. She's an angry woman for, for you right now. <laughs> wanted to take a quick moment and thank the sponsor of this podcast, Phenom. This is a very appropriate sponsor for this podcast. They are a vibrating foam roller. So for runners out there listening to this program, something that you would absolutely love having in your arsenal would be having a high quality vibrating foam roller. Uh, I am presently sitting on the Phenom foam roller right now and uh, I am enjoying this whole experience. It's not vibrating, uh, but it could be. It's got three different speeds and uh, when you're using a foam roller something I would recommend is really focusing around attachments almost treat the foam roller like like a, a lever where you're opening up space in joints you don't really want to just 
put just smash muscle bellies with foam rollers as much. Think more shearing tissues or getting tissue layers to slide. Think rehydrating tissues. So use the foam roller around muscular attachments would be my, my, my recommendation. And uh, particularly use the Phenom roller around muscular attachments. Really great stuff. And uh, you can get yourself a discount by going to align.monument. Monument spelled M-N-U-M-N-T dot com. So that is align dot M-N-U-M-N-T dot com. Align dot M-N-U-M-N-T dot com. Get yourself a discount. Get yourself that roller. Roll out those hips. Sort out those knees. Uh, open up those ankles. And enjoy the rest of this conversation with the good Dr. Romanoff. Yeah, it's interesting. The I don't. I think it's called theory of mind, where a child before as as they are on their mom's uh, their mom's still lactating and they're they're still getting milk from their mom's breast. Mm -hmm. During that time frame, they they still think of their mother as being them. Yes, There's no separation. I, I had these things uh, until five years old. Hmm. I do remember this still now. Huh? What's that like? Oh, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. You are completely peaceful condition. Right. You're happy because this safe environment. Yeah. What if your mom is experiencing dissonance in and of herself and she feels disconnected from her own mother, you know, her... Yes, I know. She feels unsafe in the world. Is it's that... a little bit discomfort, but she's still with you. And until five years old, I was in, in this condition. What was the condition like? Happiness. Huh. In spite that we didn't have enough food, it was a harsh weather condition, environment, you see, poor lifestyle and so what on. What was your upbringing? Very poor. <laughs> what was happening? You see, the historically, unfortunately, the political system in Soviet Union, um, my grandpa and my grandma were um, very kind of well-established people. Uh, they were landlords. They had lots of land, animals, and they were rich people, like in that environment. Yeah. But uh, communist um, uh, uh, government created these things that uh, poor people didn't like uh, wealthy people. Mm. <laughs> in, in 1931, they were, uh, it's called expropriation, you know, they took from them everything. Yeah, put the whole family in the um, normal uh, wagon, a train, not normal train, but uh, just with for the goods, uh, like uh, uh, not for people. Oh yeah, right. It and phew, on the Chinese border, <laughs> a thousand and thousand kilometers from where they used to live, hmm. and uh, that's it. <laughs> and after that. Uh, until uh, the first, um, the Second World War beginning, when my grand uh, grandpa volunteered to this, my family was not allowed to come back to the European part of the Soviet Union. Hmm. That is what reality. <laughs> How is your memories of that? Uh, it's it's uh, memories of my grandma and my mom. Uh, uh, this is what I was born much later. 
it's this is what they told me oh right when i start get curious why we living here like that you know <laughs> yeah where did you grow up <laughs> oh everywhere i was born in siberia and traveled to the far east on kamchatka wow. a couple years there on the very harsh environment then we come back to siberia because we still didn't allow much <laughs> to go to <laughs> we stay in the middle of siberia like nearby in lake of baikal and travel to ural mountain area a couple years there and then only after that we returned to the uh, origin to the european part it's a middle volga call and settled life there was that uh, t like a tumultuous upbringing for you is there a lot of unsureness there? yeah of course there's no money no house we always rented something you know very poor not enough food, not enough clothes, not enough shoes. <laughs> How do you think that affects you or a person in general in comparison to someone that grows up in suburbs, middle America? I don't know because uh, atmosphere where I grew up, it was kind of inspirational. Yeah, right. You, you will study good, you will get good marks and you will grow up and I, uh, I grow up in this feeling and I was a good student. <laughs> okay, so you always had everything you needed. But uh, no, not not enough food, I told you, you, do you understand? Yeah. I didn't eat food which uh, was um, available for like average American, right. for example, very nice butter, very nice bread, <laughs> a very nice meat, something. Like low quality, yes, but not this top level. But then you became an elite athlete. Yes. Uh, How do you think that attributed? Because I wanted, I wanted to be great. Uh, but more, I enjoy the process of itself, freedom. Yeah. Because sport gave me a, a capacity to express myself. You know. Yeah. I didn't know who I will be after, but sport was the leading part which brought me to the science and this field and so on and i found that actually i wanted to be there and wanted to be that mm, guy who studies these things movement and now i am <laughs> here do you think that if you had not grown up hungry um, yes uh, you think you'd be less yeah i will be spoiled the rat like yeah. many <laughs> like many americans <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i look at this rich kids yeah i always kind of like oh my goodness poor boy you know <laughs> yeah yeah wealth wealth skips a generation it's correct right yeah and it's create more problem rather than good things so what have you seen in the time what is your age should i reveal it only if you only <laughs> if you're, it seems no, like you don't I, I don't give a damn yeah, I don't think look I, i'm not <laughs> I <think you> did. <laughs> I, i'm i'm man you know not a woman you know? <laughs> yeah. and f for age for me is like kind of abstract thing you know because i don't feel what i'm saying yeah, exactly. like, like i'm saying i'm 68 right God, that's good. <laughs> so what have you seen? What's the evolution that you've seen in the in the health and fitness and movement and wellness industry since you've been in, paying In attention? general, obviously, there are progress, you know. But When did you start paying attention actively? 50 years ago? Yes, probably even earlier, you know. Yeah. Uh, because the environment that we grew up, we were kind of, I was among very smart and uh, very intellectual people. 
Yeah. I, I was lucky with that, that I was surrounded with these people. Yeah. So what have you seen? The, 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 how's the evolution? Evolution, it goes like that. that um, people always, are, they are starving <laughs> for the better, you know. Right. It doesn't matter what society is at, you know. But progress is always guiding things, you know. So we want to be better. Yeah. So uh, sometimes if it's a poor society, it's better. It means good food, you know, then better clothing, you know, like better shoes. You see, it's small freaking things, you know, yeah. <laughs> because uh, as a matter of fact, uh, health is a first is a spirit. This is major thing. Define who you are in, the, in your relationship with the environment. Yeah, ancient people understood this very well, so well. You see, Chinese philosophy built up all on your relationship with the environment. Like uh, Chuangzu was telling, pain is a penalty for violating principle of nature. You see, boom, yeah. that's it. You there, <laughs> Lao Tzu was clear about this matter, uh, and ancient Greeks were telling the same thing all the time. You know, and uh, where there we are, you know, but lots of BS created as well, because this uh, uh, industry, what call um, uh, wellness industry, you know, like nutrition, is lots of BS there. Uh, it's a funny thing about this that most um, advocate of a healthy style life, they are short-living guys. You know, they die much e earlier than people who do not follow any instruction of uh, how to eat and so on. And, uh, it's um, almost like a tragedy, you know. Hmm. Because Why do you think that is? Oh, a very simple thing. It's a suppression. It's called when you are in terms of oh, what you have to eat, um, uh, count calories, and you have to be careful what you eat and so on. What you creating? Prison. It's restrictions. Yeah. Nature doesn't like any freaking restrictions. So what you're doing, you're cutting off a relationship inside your body. Because that restrictions of your mind goes to the restrictions of uh, relationship inside your body. It means a cl um, on a cellular level. Hmm. And you are distracting process of uh, uh, exchange. Nature, based on very simple thing, it defined a long time ago and, and defined in a philosophical way, like, what is nature? Nature is exchange with matter, energy, and information. Yeah. You see? If you're cutting off this or put in a very strict frame, you're creating trouble. You, you see, uh, one way or another. Uh, in 70s, I start. <laughs> studied myself because I was interested in these things. It's called longevity. And I found a few books at that time, mutual uh, research by United States um, Academy of Health and Soviet Union. And they produced a couple books, incredibly interesting <laughs> research, which are known <laughs> in the United States. What <laughs> it published over there. I, and I have it in my library, maybe I will share with you this, um, some data from this. The one of the interesting conclusions was uh, that they found that longevity not related with any very specific food. They found long-living guys who lived on complete fat or complete mixed uh, things like yeah. 
like Georgia or Mediterranean areas that people eat everything what is possible, you know? Yeah. But still, oh, they're using very much carbohydrates like Italian, you know, and still healthy people. And yeah. li long longevities are very high. And the one anecdote, like the, uh, the, the um, uh, interview with one lady who who, who is 125, <laughs> yes, smoking <laughs> tube, <laughs> and they ask her, uh, where you start the, the smoking? She's like, oh, 70 years old, probably. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, what's your favorite food? Oh, she told, I love this fat uh, lamb. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And with a nice br bread. <laughs> yeah. And um, and uh, one, uh, I don't drink much wine, she's telling, but one glass in the morning, like a couple glasses during my lunch, and two, three glasses to get sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she's 125. Yeah. <laughs> she has a very clear mind, you know, has no any sicknesses, what people are uh, uh, collecting by that age. You see, uh, it's a strange thing completely, you know? And yeah. she's free from all of this. She has no restrictions to what to eat. Do you understand? She's telling, I'm eating what I do like. That's it. That is the key to have a freedom and have a high level perception to identify what you need really. People like, oh, I don't eat, eat because it's uh, too much fat here. Oh, this is too much carbohydrates and so on. It's bullshit going on, going on. What are you creating? Prison. Yeah. Your sellers level, they start rebel, you know. It's a riot over there. They're like, what you fuck, you fuck. It's almost like you only have so much bandwidth of attention. And when you, you're in a place that we've outsourced so much, our attention needs to go someplace, so it goes into the minutiae of all the kilocalories and right, ketosis right. and all it's the different. Called, <laughs> it's called mental masturbation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like perhaps, so the, the, the longest longitudinal study done at Harvard started in like 1936, and they've been watching, I think like 230 odd people. Um, watching them go through their whole life, like since they were little little people, I think they were, I think since they were actually freshmen, and then they watched their kids as well. And what they found with that was that community was like that was like the golden thread that that yeah. determined the healthiest outcome of people. Right. And then as you're speaking, it seems, it feels to me like there's like this internal spirit to cultivate that keeps us healthier than any of the of micromanaging of our nutrients. It's correct. So how do we tap into the spirit? Ah, oh, it's a good question, you know. You have to be free from your many concerns. Concern about y your uh, how many uh, uh, years you will live. Not concerned about how much money you make. Not concerned of many distractions in the world. You see, this is what comes to. And what you have to concern that when you wake up in the morning and you see the sunrise, you're happy to see it. It's like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful day comes. But not, oh my God, I have so many things to do today in the morning, you know, and in lunchtime I have to meet this, and you ruin your day. <laughs> yeah. You cut off yourself from the beauty of these things. Yeah, it's almost like you have like a container of yourself that's sitting outside of yourself. Right. As opposed to ever actually being. Right. Being in. Right. 
being in yourself. Interesting, <laughs> interesting <laughs> things like uh, insane people live longer than normal people. It's an interesting thing I as well. Yeah, it's a the interesting thing because they are not uh, concerned about many things what normal people are concerned. You know central central governor theory, Tim Tim oh Noakes, no. <laughs> South Africa. Oh, I'm blessed that. Um, He's my friend, you know. Oh, cool, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's my friend, but I've done podcasts with him. And we've had a lot of communication. Um, we had long, long years of relationship. Oh, great. Him. Yeah, I mentioned his the central governor theory in the upcoming book that I'm doing. That's I, I wonder within that uh, how much of that central governor, if you're saying like, you know, insane people, perhaps they've kind of released that governor of what is acceptable time to die. I'll d I, I will <laughs> make one uh, remark about these things because um, central government theory, uh, uh, that kind of theory was developed by two Russians way before, you know. And, and Tim Noakes did know this, but he reopened something what already was done. Mm. In 1935, two Russian scientists, uh, uh, Nikolai Bernstein and um, Anohin, Pyotr Anohin, they created these things. They call a little bit different this, but it's all well, it's called uh, problem of um, uh, uh, regional and central uh, uh, relationship in this, uh, our nervous system. This mm. uh, this kind of call <laughs> it was done before. What does regional and central nervous system mean? It means uh, it's a uh, who is the governing force in your body, you know? Uh, outside, uh, like a peripheral nervous system or central nervous system, you, mm. you see? It's a, that relationship, what is governing. You, you understand? It's a, like that is a key how we live. We have to understand who is governing. Like peripheral nervous system is con con collecting very many data yeah. from outside. It's a first, first filter, which um, information comes in, right? And peripheral system is uh, s collecting data from your small organs, different organs, from muscles and so on. Yeah. But it goes to the brain, to yeah. the central part, you Walking know? Walking on rocks over uh, your right. feet, feeling that. And then how you, uh, inter interpretation of these things uh, is uh, another step and how you making decision from this and then action from this thing. And it's a very complicated thing. And the uh, result of this thing is called functional system theory, what academic Anohin was developed hmm. through these things. And it was way ahead um, of uh, cybernetic, do you understand, like 10, 15 years earlier than cybernetics came uh, by Wiener, yeah. which published in 1947 only but it came 12 years before that things already so is that regional versus central nervous system yeah. is that almost kind of a similar thing of, of what we were talking about before that your posture affects your thoughts and feelings or is your thoughts and feelings affect your posture yeah, this, this um tim noakes uh, a little bit um, simplified these things it's not just a central nervous system it's not about that actually it's a perception it's a higher hierarchy level you know mm. central ne nervous system it's a neurons but it's a relationship between neurons but uh, above this exists another level of things it's called perception so what neurons are produced 
it comes up to that level of perception and uh, that is what's governing us you know um, how you are interacting with the world and how you're reacting on the world is not a relationship with neurons but what that neurons neurons it's a mechanical process yeah but what they're creating they're creating perception yeah and that perception defined your behavior where do you think perception lives where is it housed in the body there's no house there it's a um it's a conglomerate it's a con final point you know these things uh, it's all the time it's a process it's not staying in one place yeah. or staying in one same position no it's a process constantly it's a way of how you perceive anything <coughs> uh, what comes from in or from out and that um, perception is not stable or conservative process it's a constantly changing process and you have to deal with that and you understand the boundary of the perception what people don't understand they thinking perception is like oh i know this is beautiful no from beauty to ugliness it's one step only yeah. De de deviation yeah. deviation from ugly to to beauty is almost like imperceptible yeah complete bliss to suicide or they're right beside each other right it's a flip so of the like stupidity the and genius is right there yeah in one line <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how do i flip my filter out of stupidity and over to genius <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> so far it's unknown okay, thing. okay. Uh, i am studying <laughs> perception uh, almost 40 years you know and i still have no answer uh, for what is that and many great minds spend on this and like leonardo da vinci was writing about this aristotle was talking about these things you know um, basically any given big philosophical name or scientist was talking about this perception since there's not a specific house in the body this perception exists outside of the the, the tissue yeah. skin body it's a Are you you said, sharing what you're right talking it's a sensation yeah it's sensory system yeah and i'll show you one example right now you see here hold like that okay now close eyes and uh, i will ask you the question right now please give me an answer immediately don't think you see this is the perception all right okay we agreed mm -hmm. i'm ready okay maybe concentrate on my question okay how many fingers i put in your arm two how many fingers i put on your arm two how many fingers i put on your arm one open you have it's still two i was two every time yeah son of a bitch <laughs> not you you're not a son i'm sure your mother is very kind <laughs> this is what and you uh, have you have exceptional um sensory system mm. most people i put like that three oh. four do you understand four so what, what dr romanoff just did is uh, he ha I had my hand up and then he was he put his fingers on my arm three yeah. times and no, i was always two fingers only. always two each time that's and good I like, I like that little trick okay so you sense but didn't perceive last time yeah i jacked up on that last one right that is what <laughs> boundary where s senses become perception <laughs> yeah on any visual hearing touch tactile yeah 
anything. You know about Rupert Sheldrake, morphic resonance? Have you heard of that stuff? I know the name, you know, but uh, I, I'm trying to recall his work. But so, uh, so like morphic resonance essentially is like we're all in this consciousness soup. You know, so one of the things that he studies and research they did was um, dogs know when their owners are coming home. This maybe this yes. is a little bit, but they know when their owners are coming home right. with pretty high consistency, even if it's random times. It's and there's this entanglement, this connection there. It's so that belief system perception. that my perception is inside of my cabeza, like That's in my brain here. Right. It's like, well, maybe it's a little bit more blurry than what we think. It's correct. It's still unknown. What is the there are material carrier of these things exist of perception? Mm. It's not like air. No, anything what we call energy has always material carrier hmm. and perception as well. What's the material look like? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is called vibration. Right. Okay, vibration. What we're producing. Vibration. It's a waves. Going through the air, air is it atoms, you know. Right. So, this is what carriers of the that uh, you producing very specific vibration, and it goes through the air. It's dog is perceiving. Yeah. You not. <laughs> yeah. This is. I feel when my wife coming home like a dog. Yeah. Because I live a long time with my lady. Yeah, you guys are entangled. Yes. I'm like, oh, she's coming, coming, coming. Is that kind of like those, um, there's a fancy, beautiful name for it, those plates where they put salt on it or sand on it. It could be really anything but sand. And then they play certain frequencies. And then mm -hmm. these very specific patterns come yeah. up depending upon the frequency. So each frequency has this very specific, beautiful, like, sacred geometrical pattern that pops up everything in this world is vibration so are our thoughts creating these yes, it's correct. these patterns absolutely that's very cool mm -hmm. heartbeat emotions uncertainty it's a vibration yeah on oh, different one you know this is what how i uh, do healing with people whom i work with like uh, healing <laughs> so the healing isn't so much it's a change just vibration. The, the, the physical touch but more the intention created before the touch during the touch right. after the touch i'm my grandma gave me this gift healing with hands like i'm holding like that and i'm creating this no you're laughing maybe but it's what i do no i'm appreciating my wife doesn't visit doctors almost 50 years yeah 50 years because of me <laughs> yeah how do people channel that in themselves? Uh, you mean uh, what capacity to heal? Healing? Yeah. Some people are rejecting this. Hmm. With some people, I, I would get pain and never attempt to these people again. I'm just, that's it. Hmm. They have um, a very high level of neglection or rejection of what you're bringing. Uh, I would have incredible pain back on me. Yeah through my sometimes it goes up to like to my shoulders you know and when i start feel like it goes like numb i'm like bye <laughs> yeah and never come back <laughs> yeah oh, i do not tell last sentence <laughs> but that's it <laughs> i'm telling my wife please never mention again this person for me so Period. what is that what is the what's the physics of that physics yeah it's um uh people are very conservative, they, they live in incredible uh, level of fear 
and this fear is a vibration which is uh, goes interference with my vibration right and it's create that force against me but that's like a coat that they're wearing underneath that we're all the same we're all yes, love, of love, course. love and light not it, inside there's a mess <laughs> what's the core root of of Mess? of the human experience is it is it love does that sound like some new age shit no this is a lo lots of people live by the fears uh, yeah. th their rules of life governing is a fear they're governed by fears not love but the root underneath the the production or the the manifestation of fear in your life or scarcity or you know any of those things that kind of like mask and shrink and contract it's uncertainty who they are they always hesitate who they are they do not believe who they are and they're afraid to reveal themselves this way yeah they want to hide yeah and they that's why they close any channels uh, outside and they live uh, like in prison and their communication is very stricted and they usually be like oh i'm not sure when you hear this kind of uh, sentences like oh this is my guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> then I'm cutting off. How does one, and we'll wrap up here, how does one start shedding layers of fear? <laughs> Fears um, have incredible amount of layers, like a hesitation. It's a fear. Yep. I'm not sure. Yeah, which usually leads to disaster. Yes, it's yeah. correct. <laughs> 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 they are like, mm, I'm not sure that this girl is good for me, or I'm not sure that I am good for this girl. Well, that's it. You're castrating yourself, you know. Interesting. How great, man. We never met each other before. That was what a great experience to get to have. I really appreciate you, Vibration. man. Vibration. Yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're in this little sound tube vibrating. I uh, don't feel it when this strange environment we're sitting in. <laughs> it's very different. We're in a very strange environment. I guess everything's strange. Strange and interesting. Um, where, where should people go from here? Where do people learn about you? What's what's Where do people go? Uh, um, mainly, uh, I, I am um, known as a specialist um, kind of uh, in the running field yeah. like um, it, it's a wrong perception of me but uh, it's strict what I know through my books you know that yeah. I'm specialist in running yeah I I created pose method not for running I created this for track and field first it's for most difficult technical events like high jumping long jumping triple jumping throwing is hurdles and running was uh, like on the way <laughs> yeah you see but because of uh, most people uh, requested running i become running specialist and they call me running coach it drive me nuts you know <laughs> yeah. because i never considered myself like a coach <laughs> so people go what's like the is it is a website the best place yes it's a post method post method yes dot com post method is not about running only yeah it, it's a, a lot about running because it's kind of <laughs> requested you see i am reflecting people's interest yeah. necessity if it would, would be as much as in running people who are interested in high jumping i will be there <laughs> yeah. because it's suit my <laughs> well, yeah, right. me you know right. but there are only few jumpers in the world <laughs> you know yeah so why would people go to to pose method what would what would they be looking because for? of pain hmm. people do not come 
first to run faster. Uh, most of our uh, clientele says, like, I don't like this word, but uh, yeah. I mean, because they hurt, then they start looking for a solution. And they hurt because they're running wrong? Yes, of course. Yeah. Only th One thing you mentioned, um, you said the, the uh, what did you say, the virus of jogging. Mm -hmm. What do you think of jogging? It's a good thing. Okay. Absolutely. There is no bad movement. Yeah. Any movement is good, but the bad thing is how are you executing this, you see? Yeah. Uh, driving car is not bad thing, but if you're hitting every single other car, it's not good thing. Yeah, it's mm. not going to last long. Right. Uh, shooting from the rifle is not bad thing at all. I like myself. I have rifle, yeah. but when you're shooting people, it's <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, it means your brain a little bit squeezed in different direction. So we have to stop shooting ourselves. Yes, uh, better start from yourself. Yeah, <laughs> right. In Russian we call shoot yourself first and then <laughs> think of others. Yeah, right, that's good. <laughs> so pose method is the spot to go then. Um, social media? Yes, it's, we have... Instagram? Uh, yes, Instagram, from, uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, it's all pose method. Yes, it's all pose method. Uh, cool. Dr. Nicholas Romanov, Nicholas Romanov. Awesome. It's all this about. I appreciate you teaching me, man. It's my pleasure to have a nice conversation. Not very often happened, you know, because when you start talk about these sensitive fields and uh, people get cranky you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> because when you are uh, uh, basically without any intention uh, getting into controversy you know yeah you are enemy of mine now <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, i'm always telling like science has no intention to insult you uh, make you stupid or anything Science is a cognition yeah. process. We are discovering together when we're discussing things, you know. And the point is, it's not to prove that you are idiot, you know. Right. Even you are idiot because it's not the. Well, I'm. A, I'm absolutely. We're all idiots. If you don't think you're an idiot, then you're. you're <laughs> because science doesn't operate your personality or mine, you know. Yeah. Science is about we are looking for the truth. Yeah. On the way of our discussion, we're trying to find this. Uh, in one way, you write on this, but it's not right again. Because it's not about you right or not, you know? Because it's not about you or me again. It's about truth. Yeah. Truth doesn't belong to anyone. Not you, to me. Truth is a very interesting girl, you know? She lives without any... Um <laughs> it seems like when... As so something I experienced during um, like meditation um, is there'll be brief moments of feeling this sensation of unicity and connection and I'm really not in the way of myself for like the first time and you know mm -hmm. since the last time that happened uh, and the moment that I attempt to contain that and grab it and touch it and feel it and pull it the girl runs away absolutely yeah. this is what truth is about yeah. because you're reaching level of your perception of the truth it's only kind of teasing you you know yeah. on the way like you're reaching and you're thinking oh i will get you go i'm gonna but bottle it i'm gonna bottle that truth and it's exactly this point <laughs> let's sell it for 1999 <laughs> right subscription program <laughs> right. truth and exactly at this point <laughs> it's a <laughs> and then it goes away disappears <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> I got this long time ago, and now I'm not uh, like chasing these things like that. Yeah. Because I know it's a, like a horizon. You're thinking, oh, I will reach it. When you got to the point where you think his horizon is, it's next horizon is opening. Yeah. That is the truth. <laughs> cool. All right. I love it, man. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. I really appreciate Aaron. this time with you, man. <laughs> and, uh, it will go down in my memory. Absolutely. Yeah, man. All right. Over now. Thanks for listening. Pow. Thank you all so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did have any specific takeaways, I would greatly appreciate if you would share those takeaways on the internet. Um, Instagram is a great place to do it. Uh, you can tag Align Podcast, A-L-I-G-N Podcast. You could also tag Pose Method, P-O-S-E-M-E, whatever you know how to spell method. Um, so... If there's any specific takeaways you'd love to share with your people, I'd love to reshare those guys. I so greatly appreciate uh, y'all telling your friends about this. I uh, greatly appreciate you checking out the Align Method. If you're interested in learning some breathwork practices to help either upregulate your nervous system, make you feel more stimulated and, and full of energy, or downregulate, uh, make you calm down. And so you can start the first week absolutely free, no strings attached. You get a lot of goodness out of that thing. And uh, it is at alignpodcast.com slash alignmethod, or you just go to the Instagram Align Podcast, and the link for it is in the bio. First week free, good times for everybody. I hope you devour that thing. I hope you are enjoying your week, and uh, I will see you for another episode coming very soon. Bye.